Welcome to a new episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast. I'm Nick Jimenez, joined by Eric Calvino. What's happening, y'all? And Ivan Ocampo. Hello. I like this mic stand grabbing thing. You got the full James Brown going right now. <laughs> Ow! I'm not sure if it was James Brown or, or uh, Aerosmith, Steven Tyler. Kind of little Ooh, Steven Tyler good. going. I don't think if we have, I don't think we have enough slack on the on the mic cable True. to have uh, go go dancing around. Go full full Steven Tyler. Yeah, James Brown is more of an in place. A lot of elbows and wrists and legs flying around which you could do even sitting down so you're welcome to do that and everybody can just imagine i don't know i'm having the the like flashback of the eddie murphy playing james brown and going into the the hot tub and you need a little more should i get the hot tub that's right yeah (laughs) will it be wet yeah (laughs) i think Although you did a great job yeah, on that, thank you. I think you should include a little bit. We'll of play audio. a little bit of yeah. Eddie Murphy as uh, as James Brown and James Brown celebrity. Or then, or party. like say, okay, and here's James, Br- here's Eddie Murphy, and then you just play it's your just clip that. again. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. On this episode of the Hello. podcast, we are smoking. On cigars. this episode of the podcast, Nick has something stuck in his throat. <sighs> Too smoky in the hot tub. Uh, we're smoking a cigar. We're also going to be talking about some news things, some sports things, uh, meme things. All sorts of things. A little China. China, maybe. Uh, But first, a word from episode sponsor Drew Estate. Introducing the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro, which features a dense plantation-grown Matafina wrapper over a Connecticut River Valley broadleaf binder with fillers from Nicaragua. Showcasing the floral and earthy Brazilian Matafina tobacco with unique texture, the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro is manufactured at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate, blended by Willy Herrera, and presented in five Vitolas. It's now available at Drew Estate retailers nationwide. All right, this episode's featured cigar is the Vegas del Purial Gran, Gran, I was going to say Grand, Grand Reserve. Grand Reserve, no, Gran Reserva. It is made in Nicaragua by El Galán Cigars, which you may recognize from... Sounds like a live read. Yeah. Yeah, from a lot of live reads, except this time they are not an advertiser. Um, this Don't worry, they'll be back. They'll be eventually. We're coming for you, Felix Mesa. Um, but in case you don't remember the ad, this has an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper. And binder and filler from Nicaragua. We are smoking it in the six and three quarters by fifty-two Super Toro. It uh, retails for ten dollars. Back in March, uh, we rated the cigar ninety-one in Cigar Snob Magazine. How are you guys feeling about the cigar so far? I dig it. I dig it. I like the. Uh, I like that like spice and cream combination that it has going on with a like a little cedar as well and some nut. So yeah, I dig this smoke. I, I've always liked it, and yeah, we've never really gotten to talk about it yeah. because it's been the ad. But now that we exactly. get to smoke it uh, during the show, it's always been a great smoke. You know, it's I don't find it exceedingly strong. I find it like medium plus, so it's very approachable. Yeah, I think it's medium. I th- like yeah, has a lot of there. complexity. I agree with you with the nuts, the cream. It's, it's a great smoke. You know how I know. Uh, it's like whenever I go, you know, I'm always the guy that brings cigars to the party. And I'm always that guy. Here comes the cigar guy. Yeah. And so I'll bring like a, a selection of different cigars that that we have regularly here at the office. And this is one of them. And, and whenever I bust that out, 
you always see like chung, 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 like a couple of hands will like grab the Vega yeah. Hapurial right off the bat. And that's that's always a good sign. You know, you can always when when people are getting cigars for free and so that puts them all on a level playing field when they're not when they're not paying. And they're all on the table, which ones do they grab? Are these experienced smokers? Or it's a mixed bag. It's a mix. It's a mix. Because it is a pretty label. It is. It is. Say, and yeah. So that always gets you. Yeah. It gets you. It's like a nice, there's like something modern about it, but it still feels very traditional. Like it's sort of a very broad appeal. This is a, this is a Manny? This is a Manny Idiate design. And I think it's one of my favorite mm-hmm. Manny designs in terms of labels. Absolutely. And there's uh that's the uh, Felix's grandparents in there. That is. He managed to... To include the, his grandparents yeah. in that in that little illustration, Felipe and Carida uh, no. and Carida Mesa, yes, <laughs> where that ad read worked. Uh, just goes to show that's the way of effective advertising. If you have it repeated over and over enough, the people reading it will eventually remember your information. Um, so we will come back to this cigar later in the program, uh, but in the meantime. Who's getting hit with helmets over the head? Oh my God, Nick! You said you did not. You weren't watching the game, but you. I saw wasn't the watching clip. the game. Correct. Yeah. Man, yeah. that was nuts, right? Uh, so, if you have not seen that, Miles Garrett, defense alignment for the Cleveland Browns, swings a helmet at uh, Mason Rudolph after ripping said helmet off of his head. Uh, that Wild. was crazy, man. Wild. That, I I don't. I mean, I've seen swinging helmets before. Yeah. But not like that. Yeah, usually like after a helmet's already come off, it's like, okay, now this is an available weapon. Yeah, it doesn't. Like it usually, if anything, uh, de-escalates. When the helmet gets ripped off, it's like, all right. All right, listen, someone's livelihood can really uh, get hurt here. Uh, And that wasn't the case. My man swung it. So what, what was it that actually took place? So no one is saying, right, like what the the... But you can tell from the video that Miles Garrett goes in to try and sack Mason Rudolph, who had gotten rid of the ball. At the very last, like the... End of the game, it's eight seconds left in the game. No, no, I mean like the ball leaves his hand at about the time where you might argue... So it wouldn't have been a late hit, let's just put it that way, right? So he lets go of the ball, Miles Garrett comes in to sack him. The sack is kind of a a clumsy sort of sack, would you agree, Ivan? It's it's not like he hits him straight on and and, uh, Mason Rudolph falls backwards, it's not... It's like a clumsy rolling around type yeah. of more sack. Like a, takedown. More of I was gonna say more of a takedown than a tackle. Yeah. yeah, and so, so then you could tell that. And if I was the quarterback in this case, you'd want like, okay, bud, like let me go. I don't have the ball. Like this is over. But he still kind of stays on him. So then I guess Rudolph starts to get the quarterback starts to get a little bit upset and tries to like grab the defensive lineman's uh, face mask. Face mask. And that sets off right. the, uh, Miles Garrett, which is the defensive lineman here. And he goes Let me show you bananas. How to, yeah, how let me show you how to, how to rip a face mask off. Because I really thought that was the most dangerous part of it. I mean, of course, if you would have gotten clocked with the helmet in the right spot. It's a different conversation. Miles Garrett, is, I think, is in jail at that point if he hits him with the... Uh... But, man, I think ripping a helmet off that's attached to your head. Imagine trying to rip a helmet off of, of Nick. 
<laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Especially considering they don't sell the size of that of that helmet. <laughs> well, no, and I was going to say they don't sell helmets in my size, so that is a very snug helmet. Snug fit. Very. Yeah. Listen, at the very on. least, Nick, in your case, your ears would just completely come off your head. Yes, there's no way that they're staying yeah. on if they're the the last thing holding the helmet yeah. onto your head. Uh, so this guy is doing like some twisting, pulling. Yeah, he he oh he god. picks him up off yeah. the ground. This is a a big yeah, quarterback. I don't know Mason Rudolph is like six four or something like that. Yeah, big man picked up like a like a rag, rag doll, doll yeah. just like whoop by the face mask. Uh, now gets the helmet ripped off. One of the offensive linemen from the Steelers tries to like calmly separate. He doesn't even think this is gonna escalate. And he's like calmly pushing Miles Garrett back into the end zone, like, dude, relax, relax. And Mason Rudolph comes flying in, understandably upset about having a helmet ripped off his head. Although I wouldn't have messed with Miles Garrett at that point, seeing that he is seeing red at this point. Yeah, but whatever, he would have expected the whack a mole coming in over the top. <laughs> the whole whack a mole got him with the whack a mole. And dude, Miles Garrett has swung the helmet. Thankfully, he didn't hit him with, with the crown. If yeah. he hits him with the crown of the helmet, I think Mason Rudolph has a vegetable. The crown of the helmet is what part of the helmet? Just like the top. Yeah, like the tip of your forehead, right? Got it. And it's got all the screws that holds in the uh, the face mask in place. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's the the best part of hit somebody (laughs) with. In this case, the worst. But but yeah, he caught him like with the bottom of the helmet as he's swinging it because the offensive lineman is pushing him away. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then... What was up with the other D lineman, Eguboyan? I don't, I don't know his name is Eguboy, something like that. Eguboyan or some. He has. I don't, I don't know his name. I, I apologize for mispronouncing your name, sir. You are a large man. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he's not gonna come after you with his helmet. No, don't worry. But then, uh, like Mason Rudolph is standing there after getting a helmet swung at his head, and then this guy comes in and just like knocks him down from behind, and it was like, why? Like, why would you add that? To, yeah. Why would you add that? To this already super escalated incident. It was an ugly scene. Yeah. And so the bad part is that it overshadowed what what was a really good game for the Browns. And it's it's sad that the Browns always end up in this predicament. It's always the Browns, right? Siempre la cagan. Siempre la cagan. For one reason or another, there's some problem. Man, they had eight seconds left, and they could have. We would today. We'd be talking about. Man, did you see what a beatdown the Browns put on the Steelers? And instead, it's it's all about the helmets, right? Yeah, and so, that's a shame. That's the bad part of all of it. I'll throw out here only because this is a this is a public uh, uh, Instagram or Twitter situation. Uh, past guest on the podcast, Michael Beltran, Chef Michael Beltran. Oh, boy. Had this to say. Mike has some opinions on this stuff. Got some opinions. I'm going to go ahead and read these two tweets. Quote, I'm going to go out there and say it. Mason Rudolph, you deserve to get slapped up. You look like a punk on so many levels. Yeah, Garrett took it too far. Very Brandon Merriweather versus FIU. But some punk-ass quarterback tries pinning my head against the ground. I will clap back for sure. They both deserve long suspensions, and Garrett will get the brunt of this. But fuck Mason Rudolph. I'm okay with being the, the unpopular opinion. I played defensive line my whole life. I get you. Is clapback a stripper move? <laughs> I'm not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what? where I hoped that this would end up. <laughs> Thank you, Ivan. Um, 
<laughs> Clap that back, is, rewind it back. That is an unpopular opinion. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So at only least that's a, what I get. Only right? a defensive I, lineman, an ex-defensive lineman could think that there way. There you go. So anyway, that is a second opinion. Okay, uh, no, but it's just, and I'm okay with all of that. I, like, I agree with Mike uh, to a certain point in that Mason Rudolph, chill out. What are you doing? Right, and maybe he deserved like a shove or sure. something. But a the shove hel- would have been perfectly fine The helmet here. and the swing. But nothing, there's no excusing the helmet swing. No, yeah. no way. Because, again, had he hit him. There's yeah. two lives that are ruined there because I'm telling you, uh, the guy would have been a vegetable. If you get hit by uh, by the crown of a helmet, by a man of that size swinging it with ferocity, it's not going to end well. Yeah. So And they won the game. Usually if you were on the, the losing know you get chippy end, on the other side. you yeah. get chippy and you're, you, know, you haven't won a game all year, but now finally yeah. the tables have turned. You can beat the Steelers who have kicked your ass for the last oh my God, for, forever. I, I think since I've been alive. And not, and you Except do for this. the Bernie Coles right here. Yeah, it was, um, it was stupid. So yeah, that was that was terrible and it was unfortunate. But yeah, Mike's take is uh, yeah, pretty unpopular. So, but hey, we love you anyway, Mike. There you go. Uh, you know who isn't getting a lot of love is Evo Morales, the one-time president of Bolivia. Uh, so Evo Morales was uh, he resigned. Um, he. Uh, Basically, there were all sorts of protests, uh, mainly because he was trying to start an unprecedented and unconstitutional fourth term as the president of Bolivia. Uh, and everybody was like, uh, no, we're not going to do uh, it. Hell no. Yeah, no thanks. Um, and so now there is a new person in there, Janine Agnes, which I believe is how you say that name. Uh, she claims presidency after ousting Evo Morales. I don't know if she ousted him. I, I think I he, know. Was, he ousted was ousted by, by the, by the Constitution. Yeah, by the Constitution and people who wanted to do constitutional stuff. Um, so I'll read just the, the first portion of this from The Guardian. The Bolivian senator, Janine Agnes, has declared herself the country's interim president after the resignation of Evo Morales, even though lawmakers from his party boycotted the legislative session where she assumed office. Agnes, 52 took temporary control of the Senate late on Tuesday. Quote, I will take the measures necessary to pacify the country, she said, swearing on a Bible to loud cheers and applause. The move is expected to pave the way for fresh elections. So, there you go. I'm all in. Janine Agnes. So, yeah, she's I, I, so like I don't the, know anything about the process by which she declared herself president. I know that that part is a little... I would like to know more about that, but definitely horns are in order for Morales being the hell out of there. And, and so, that's funny because this whole thing goes down where she declares herself uh, president, and I get a message on WhatsApp. This is me. I am not yeah. involved. I'm not Bolivian. No. I am not at all politically active in Bolivian circles, yeah. and yet no donations. No, no, not in the pack. <laughs> not in the pro Bolivia pack, and uh, and I get a WhatsApp. Uh, a WhatsApp. a whatsapp with the news of her uh new presidency and then some pictures of her and then a sex tape a sex video of her yeah who doesn't have one out there but she's (laughs) she's like a bible thumping oh really yeah 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 that's part of the whole Mm. 
She's a Bible thumping. They can have fun too. Project. Yeah, but not on just camera. don't record it. Not on camera. So uh, so anyway, I thought that was uh, a little contradictory. The whole you know, have it, holding the Bible up as you do this, which yeah. whatever. And then I and then minutes later, <laughs> I get a WhatsApp video. How is that? But anyway. So I, yeah, I didn't know that she was a Bible thumper. Yeah. Or. Yeah, that's the wall. I mean, from what I've read, I don't know anything about, and from the, you know, the imagery of the declaration. Yeah, although that's pretty standard, right? Hand on a Bible for these government things. That's the typical thing. Yeah, but she is a a, a religious conservative, right? Like mm. that's her stance. I wonder what her stance is uh, with the Bolivian <laughs> marching powder. Oh, okay. Which Eva was very pro. Yeah, very pro coca. Pro coca, right? Yeah. So, wonder we, what she. My, with that. my understanding there was is none he, of it in the sex yeah. video, so I don't I don't have any <laughs> feedback. I believe he gave a lot of people coca cake as uh, as gifts. Um, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, who makes occasional appearances on this podcast, uh, had this to say because she's an idiot. What's happening right now in Bolivia isn't democracy; it's a coup. The people of Bolivia deserves free, fair, and peaceful elections, not violent seizures of power. So. Because this is a thing out in the world that people are saying, it bears mentioning here, that that is, in my opinion, and maybe in everybody's opinion here, a dumb take. Did she blame uh, Mason Rudolph for the... uh, Probably. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Her take was just as unpopular. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, there was no coup here. The military, I believe, like made some kind of request, like, hey, you know, it's unconstitutional and everybody's pissed. Maybe you should get the hell out of here. Uh, Scram. And that's what he did. But uh, it seems to me like at least that portion of it, Morales getting the hell out of there, was exactly the way that that should work. Like the law says it. Absolutely. Everybody's pissed about it. Uh, So go away. Um, And it is super upsetting to me. Like more upset, you know, that there are people like elected officials in the U.S. who are out there defending an Evo Morales and, and calling that a violent coup, which just sort of speaks to like, Everything is the superlative, right? Like people, it, there's. I, f- I think this was on the. I was listening to a discussion on another podcast called the Fifth Column, which I think I've referenced here before. And one of the topics, or one of the things that comes up, was how like everything is a, super, a superlative. Like there's no such thing as like protest leading to a resignation. It's a violent coup. There are no more individual racists. Everything is evidence of uh, white supremacy in yeah. the system. So, like, nothing can just be, like, the problem that it is. Everything is, like, take it to the maximum, most generalized thing. And to me, that's a problem. Uh, Anyway, so, Eva Morales, get out of here. Later. This lady, I guess we'll see. I don't know anything about her, but it's nice. I have seen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's nice that she's not Morales. Um, Oh, we skipped over Colin Kaepernick. We can just bounce right back to football. We had, I forgot that we made a note of Colin Kaepernick. What's the deal with Colin Kaepernick? I think Kaepernick? the rest of it, the NFL did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> they scheduled a workout that people are calling a publicity stunt and nobody showed up or, ex- or like a very few. Yeah, it was like 10 or 11 teams or something like that. Teams, yeah. Super weird why you would hold a workout. Now I, I mean, think there's a, a set day when you hold workouts and they decided to put this one on a different day. There was something about that. But what is holding a work like he he's working out like an open workout that mm-hmm. people can come and right. check him out working out? Okay. Yeah, to see if you want to, if you need a quarterback. Mm. I'm here. I'm still here. Yeah, which I, I I do think he's probably better than many of quarterbacks in the league right now, including Mason Rudolph, by the way, who was awful. 
last night. I mean, awful. I watched that yeah. game. He was atrocious. Okay. No, you disagree. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. I don't, rem- I don't remember. I don't remember Kaepernick being so great the last time he played. I know that he was going through all the, you know, kneeling stuff. All the kneeling stuff, uh, and that was a reason why they were not playing him in games. But when he was in there, I don't think he did anything that that great. Well, but at least I mean he had a playoff run, whereas Mason Rudolph has had an interception run. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but you know, you hope for the upside on this. No, guy, of course, I'm, I'm only the the yeah, line. I'm I'm being and partially he has facetious the, here. The freaking circus behind yeah, all the baggage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we will talk about other things after we talk about another we sponsor. Are la vida. <laughs> I think we should work that. Mm-hmm. Put that music in the background. La vida. Nice. <laughs> oh, Italian version. Multilingual podcast here. After 23 years in the retail side of the cigar business, brothers Billy and Gus Faki took a trip to Esteli, Nicaragua that changed their lives. After spending time with A.J. Fernandez and visiting his fields and factories, they decided to have A.J. make cigars for their new cigar company, Artesano del Tobacco. The brothers Faki, I like the brothers Faki. Uh, I, yeah, sorry, I, I, I put that in there. I will. I, no, no, I, li- I like it, though. On I, the back. I, I like it. I think that we should, uh, I wish that it... it it started with a name, like a letter that made them. You could do like an alternative to the Bee Gees, you know. Millie Vanilli. Huh? Millie Vanilli. <laughs> <laughs> Can we continue? <laughs> the brothers Faki are excited to introduce their latest creation, the Viva La Vida Gesture, the full-bodied blend for this five by fifty-six limited edition masterpiece, has been in the works for almost a year and is the product of AJ's mastery in cigar making and the Faki brothers' profound understanding of the American cigar smoker. Like all Artesano del Tobacco cigars, the Jester is only available in brick-and-mortar cigar shops. It comes in packs of five for $58, which works out to eleven sixty per cigar. Ask your local retailer for Viva la Vida the Jester, or look them up on artesanodeltobacco.net. You can also connect with them via their Facebook and Instagram at Artesano del Tobacco. Again, it's artesano, A-R-T-E-S-A-N-O-D-E-L, and then tobacco in English, T-O-B-A-C-C-O, artesano del tobacco. Uh, okay, so Disney Plus. Disney Plus, uh, do you want to, where are you guys at with the cigar before we get into Disney Plus? Oh, sure. Uh, I the, the cigar hasn't changed a ton for me, which is my has been my experience of the cigar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like it. It's um, You know, one thing that I like about the cigar is that it's, uh, for me, heavy on the like wood notes. Yeah. But sure. you usually I'm not really into that. But in this case, like the wood is very pronounced, but there's enough else going on that I'm into it. It's still got that nut. It's got the cream. It's got some coffee. Uh, but to me, wood is one of the bigger things in this um, in the in the profile of the cigar. And uh, it's it's odd that I would be this into a cigar that's that heavy on the wood. Interesting. It's also these cigars have probably been in our humidor for about a year. Okay. So so they they have had some time in there, which maybe you may you may get different results if you go out and buy. I, you know, you never know because certain cigars age differently than others, right? Yeah. So I haven't compared this one uh, or these that have been aging, and these are the last three anyway, uh, to what you would find at a store right now. So I, I couldn't tell you the difference, but I did want to note uh, and make sure people did know that these are 
hey, now. No, sorry. Uh, had been aging for a year, so. It is extra good. I mean, the peppers have softened up. I yeah. don't know if it's because of the aging or not, but it's at a really nice point now. Yeah, the pepper is like a like a deep, round type of pepper, not a not a sharp, biting pepper, which is really nice. And the draw for me is perfect, and it's like just the right smoke output, I think. It's not so much smoke that we're sick, because sometimes we're smoking cigars here, the three of us, and by now this room yeah, you would be unbearable. Yeah, I can't see you. This one, which like... Which is usually a good... Yeah, we're 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 super yeah we're 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 super comfortable right now, but I also feel like I'm not fighting this cigar in the least, and I'm getting plenty, plenty, plenty of smoke. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I don't know Ivan being our resident uh, golf pro, uh, and DJ, and, and DJ, hey now. and horn blower, which is different <laughs> than a whistleblower. <laughs> uh, this is actually a really good golf cigar. Because it's not, you know, normally like in a golf course I smoke, and I'm talking about even this size. And even the size, yeah. Yeah. Normally in a golf course I will smoke uh, something on the milder side. I don't like smoking something heavy uh-huh. and super complex and all that stuff on a golf course. But then that usually leaves me a little bored with the cigar. This one is like in between there. So it's got some stuff going on that make it interesting to smoke. But it's mild enough that it doesn't get in my way uh, in terms of like the strength. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever smoked one on the course, but you're right. I, I'd love to smoke. This, this is what I smoked yep. uh, when uh, the first time I played with Ed, uh, played golf with Ed Reed. I brought a uh, a sampler pack of different things. Again, being the guy that always brings the cigars, and this was the first thing he smoked, and he uh, he agreed. So there you go. Nice. There you have it. <laughs> no, but it is it is good. I I have uh, done it on the golf course. It's good. I played once up in West Palm Beach, uh, a club called Lost Tree. It's one of I think Jack. Nicholas is a, is a member there. Lost Tree? Yeah, great course. Not Lost Ball? <laughs> no, <laughs> but there's, there was plenty. Uh, and I lighted, I don't remember what, what cigar it was, but I light a brand new cigar, leave it in the cart, go putt, and when I'm walking back to the cart, a crow comes down, grabs the, wow. the cigar, and takes it up into the tree. I knew a good smoke. Bastard. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, you get that also in, uh, in Crandon. But you get it with raccoons. Or mosquitoes. No, <laughs> no, the mosquitoes will lift you and take you to your car. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the raccoons, Like I, I think it's like when you're making this yeah. turn, I, I don't know if it's 10 or 11, and you're kind of making this little U-turn-ish type of thing, yeah. and there's a ton of raccoons in there. And uh, you leave you leave a uh, granola bar, a cigar, whatever you leave in your cart, it's gone. Yeah. All right, so uh, Disney Plus. Disney Plus, they, what did they break some kind of record? So their stock hit a record high. At least this was the story two days ago. I don't know whether it's come down from there. Can you get on that, uh, Ivan? Sure. Just to see where the stock is at today as compared to two days ago. Um, but the company reported 10 million Disney Plus signups. So Disney Plus, of course, is Disney's uh, streaming service. I've mentioned a lot uh, in the context of you know my MMA watching recommendations uh, ESPN Plus, which ESPN, of course, is a, a Disney brand. Uh, so it looks like they're going to continue this, like, you know, whatever brand plus. Oh, yeah. And we're launching Cigar Snob Plus. Right. Cigar Snob Our Plus. Our own streaming. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we have an alternative mouse uh, mascot around here. Uh, <laughs> it's actually just a rat that uh, wanders our warehouse district. Yeah. Um, there are also ducks. So we really have the whole cast of characters uh, here at Cigar Snob. Uh, but no, Disney Plus. Supposedly 10 million signups, uh, and that was as of two days ago. 
uh, helped that they launched, like, as with one of their original series, The Mandalorian, which, what is that, about Boba Fett? Is that the idea? I, Boba Fett is it, a man. Is a Mandalore. I had to read that. You had to read that, huh? Yeah, nice. I didn't know. No, I didn't know that either. It's a Delorean or whoa, it's a it's a person from Mandalore. Yeah. So yeah, Boba Fett was from Mandalore. Got it. So, but it's not about Boba Fett. It's about another Mandalorian. Maybe. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. we know that. I don't the, know, but I saw the the trailer. Like they played it during. Uh, I think it was halftime of of a basketball game or something. I can't remember what it was, uh, or maybe a football game, but. Uh, yeah, it wasn't. It didn't. It didn't catch me. I didn't want to. I didn't feel like, oh god, this is great. This looks good. And I'm gonna watch it. Oh, I look cool as shit. I didn't. It didn't uh, excite me. Hmm. So, uh, in any case, it is a Star Wars thing, and it's a new Star Wars thing. Any new Star Wars thing is gonna draw all the Star Wars people sure. at the very least. Uh, so that helped. One of the things that all this Disney Plus stuff um, coming out. Has led to is like a lot of uh, a lot of stories. Like there's one that I put here in the show notes about from Vice, um, a lot of like memes and you know Instagram images, just basically charts showing like oh you know we were all excited about cutting the cord and subscribing to only the things we watch, and now if you pay for all these things, you're paying about the same as cable. I agree, but on the other hand, like I don't pay all that much because I don't see part of the benefit is that you can jump onto and off of these services. Yeah, like, that's the great part about it. And I'm wondering who the hell is paying for all of these services at once, right? Like I don't for example, right now I'm not paying for Netflix because I'm watching enough things on YouTube between YouTube, um, the MMA stuff which it, not because I want MMA more but that eats up it's only so many hours in a week that you're going to spend yeah. watching TV and that's a solid 2-3 hours sometimes that I'm watching at home on ESPN Plus so I've stuck with that subscription. Like, is anybody really paying? What What do you guys subscribe to? If we want to get into those, details? so well, that was going to be one of my recommendations, but what, later on in the show, no, because I oh, cut the, I cut the cord. Yeah, I, I did okay. something else. So, um, but I was going to break some news here. Whoa, okay. Oh, breaking news! Can we? <laughs> oh, that's good. Sounds better. I, I like yours better. Like the drunk. <laughs> you know, a lot of these services you can just pull with your friends and then split the users up and then. You know, do it that yeah, way. Yeah, some of them like Netflix. You can share right YouTube then, TV. Like I get, I get. You know, I get the Disney. You get Netflix. You get something else, and we all, now we all have all those channels, and we just and you're saying share. above board because some of them will let you add users who can watch from other places, but you're not talking about sharing logins, like in a way that you're not supposed to. No, no, I would never. No, I'm sure that you would, <laughs> but I'm saying like you you can like not break rules and still of save. Of course, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like YouTube TV allows you five users. Right, right. So I could. If I didn't have two kids, but even then, like I even mean, then, you could just use one. By the way, they, the they, they yeah, they use mine. They've never yeah. even logged on to course, me. right? And, and even then, like the two of them are close enough in age that you've probably set similar-ish rules. Yeah, for the two of them, so you really only need the one for them. So you still got. Yeah, I was only saying that to. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but no, for sure, you could easily do that within uh, within the system without having to to break any rules. Yeah. But uh, but in terms of to answer your question, I do YouTube TV and Netflix. Right. What about you, Ivan? Don't tell us which one you're recommending. Just rattle them off. No, no, no. I know. Uh, Sling, uh, Netflix. Again, this is from pooling and non-pooling sources. I have sl- combination. Yeah, okay. Sling, Netflix, Disney Plus, uh, Directv Now, ESPN Plus. 
Good God. <laughs> Direct TV now. Yeah. So why Direct TV now? For live sports? Uh, I think that's where HBO and Showtime. If you don't do it through yeah. either the YouTube TV or the Sling yeah. uh, through there. So this is from that story in Vice, which, by the way, if somebody's interested, it's uh, Disney Plus and The Mandalorian are driving people back to torrenting. So the story is about how supposedly all of this has gotten so expensive that people are now pirating all over again. Or uh, pooling accounts. Or pooling accounts. Uh, so, quote, by my count, if you watch shows on HBO, Apple TV+, Disney+, CBS All Access, Amazon Prime, Hulu, and Netflix. Oh, I forgot Amazon Prime. You, oh, well, me too. I forgot that too. But I pay for other reasons. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it'd run you uh, sixty dollars and ninety three cents a month, or seven hundred thirty one dollars and sixteen cents a year, and that's before factory in a standard cable package for live events and other shows. So, like, I get that, but for example, CBS All Access. What's on CBS yeah, All Access? Yeah, get out of here. Um, so I don't quite get it. I still think that not doing cable. And paying for like maybe one or two subscriptions each in a given month, I can't imagine like what I would really need to watch so badly, right? Like what I'll probably do is at some point cut off, uh, maybe like ESPN Plus, if I really it's need five to. Five bucks, for right? Yeah, exactly. Like it's five. Or maybe like I maybe I'll do Netflix and then cut off Netflix, because I'm never going to stop paying for Amazon Prime because I want the shipping because I'm buying Amazon stuff all the time. Exactly. But. I can see doing, like, HBO for a month because I've missed, like, two seasons of Game of Thrones. So I'll binge that in a couple weekends, you know, while I'm doing other stuff and then not do HBO for a while. But I just can't imagine doing all that at once. So, tweet yeah, us. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think that most people do that. So here's – how about we do this? Send us your tweets at Cigar Snob Mag and tell us what you are subscribed to online because i am curious to know how many people actually have this like full suite of all of the subscription services i don't quite get it but maybe there's a compelling reason that somebody in some situation would do that it's uh seems odd to me though yeah i just uh i don't have a lot of time to watch so if it were if it were not for my kids Mm -hmm. i'd probably kill netflix for right now so that's where your kids spend the most time streaming uh they watch either youtube not youtube tv youtube right and and then Netflix shows. Amazon, uh, like I said, I'm never going to kill the Amazon Prime because I use it here uh, for shipping stuff all the time. Uh, but Matthew watches uh, Grand Tour. That's where I caught the game last night. It was on Amazon. Oh, really? I, I tried to huh. watch it on Sling. And then they told me to go to either Amazon or Twitch. So, so Twitch, huh? It. Twitch was put the in like an NFL game on Twitch? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, tw- so Twitch for people who aren't aware, Twitch is primarily a game, st- a video mm-hmm. game streaming thing. Yeah, that's like where the kids. Uh, what, what, what do you call that? Like the ride along where you watch the kid play. Play. Yeah, yeah, you're whatever watching, that's you're called. You're watching like a streamer. Yeah, you're and, watching a, a kid uh, playing and streaming game, his gameplay. I think. Yeah. So. Anyway. Yeah. Whatever. Now I can't really like my kids do that. They watch people playing. Yeah. I can't. Are you Are you serious? You're watching a guy play. NBA 2K or whatever game. Yeah. Rather than just play it yourself. <laughs> yeah. Or rather than watch a real NBA game. Or right. You'd rather watch that. But, hey, it's the, these kids are... It's crazy, different. though. I think, to, to me, it's sort of like the equivalent of, uh, I don't know, maybe like 10, 15, 20 years ago when everybody was buying those magazines. That they were selling magazines to like, oh, this is your guide through this video game. Uh, mm, yeah. And it's kind of like that. 
Except now it's like, okay, now I'm watching this pro or whatever. And sometimes not even. Sometimes not even, yeah. So it's kind of it's, clown. It's, it's weird to me still. Uh, some of them are entertaining. We've talked about Dr. Disrespect around yes. here. Yes. Uh, that I get. But short of that, it's like if it's just some dude playing video games, come on. Uh, okay, so uh, Venice is underwater and nobody's streaming it. Nobody. Nobody. No. Uh, this has to it's be a streaming. devastating. This is. There is something. No, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> uh, so Ivan, you uh, you brought this to the table. Tell us what's up with Venice. What's going on? Here it's underwater. Yeah. Yeah. Is everything pretty wet? Very wet. Uh, that's terrible, man. It's a shame. You know, it's such a beautiful place. You know, all the businesses that are there, all the tourists. I well, love the it. first thing that comes to mind is you have this super vacation planned out to go visit venice for either for the first time or another time you said you went on your honeymoon there yep, yep. you get there you're not going to be able to you know switch plans last you're not going to be able to get off the gondola you're yeah you're gone yeah. <laughs> you're just <laughs> through gone. the streets yeah. so now if you haven't seen the pictures terrible. uh it's sad if you like that place and you've been there when you see those images of saint mark's completely underwater yeah like the square not the basilica uh it's sad man and and at the same time, you do have that sense when you're there. Like when we were there, uh, this is back in 2008. I kept telling Barbie, like, I have the, I have the feeling that we should enjoy this because it doesn't look permanent. Because we were, I remember we took one of those gondola rides, you know, the romantic honeymoon gondola ride. And then the gondolier pulls up next to this house. And he just, he goes, look at this. And he goes like that with his finger and he swipes the, the brick that the house, that is the foundation for this house. He swipes it and the brick is almost like a sponge. It's like, it comes completely off. And I remember thinking, buddy, if you do that with everybody that you <laughs> take through here on a gondola ride, this thing's going down next week. But, uh, but yeah, it, it doesn't feel permanent, but it, but it's such a, like, it's such a cool, unique place, uh, that it, it 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 made me sad seeing those pictures. Flood insurance must be super expensive there. Yeah, or not at all available. So um, you mentioned St. Mark's. So I did a quick googling. St. Mark is uh, or St. Mark's Basilica. There is water damage. Um, this sort of so this is I, I believe it was the worst high tide in fifty years is what we read earlier. Uh, but this happens sort of periodically, uh, and apparently last year. Um, there was damage to the marble mosaic floor at St. Mark's because it was underwater for like 16 hours. Wow. Uh, so these Italians don't have a bilge pump. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, <laughs> no, the whole thing is it's water. There's water everywhere. Right? Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, so yeah, uh, St. Mark's damage to St. Mark's, but of course, like there's. Much uh, bigger concerns. Uh, there are you know, quotes here from people at the church. Obviously, the uh, the uh, people involved with the church are like, yeah, the bigger concern is people sleep on the street near the church, like in their sleeping area. Where do you go at that point? Yep. Because um, it's really, you know, that that is a thing where, you know, if, uh, if anything, people sleep. This is the sort of thing that would affect the homeless the most, right? Because your home is damaged. Okay, now you got to figure out a way to, to move, or maybe you know somebody who would let you crash there. But if you're homeless, it's because you had nowhere to go to begin with, and there's no high ground. I have you... to tell you, uh, on that trip, when I took it, I didn't see any homeless. Really? No, me neither. 
So I, th- oh no, that, I, actually I did that argument. Okay, but if there were, there were so few that, that it wasn't I, it, right, right. There well, was a few. Actually, I, I gave money to one. Take the train and I and I to was like Venice Mestre, get out of here, champ. That's <laughs> not a good place. Yeah. So I gave money to. I remember giving money to to one of them. I go, holy shit! I just gave him a lot of money. <laughs> I didn't realize. I did the, really, the conversion wrong. Yeah, I was like, oh man, that was messed up. But uh, you know who else is suffering too? Is those business owners? They pay a shitload yeah. amount of yeah. rent to be there, you know. And now, no right. sales. There's going a ton through. of Chinese restaurants. There. They are selling a lot of like galoshes. Yeah, that they are. Well, and speaking of Chinese, we'll transition to the China thing. But in looking, I was sh- not not shocked because I get it; it's closer over there, and there's a lot of Chinese tourists wherever it is that you go. Uh, but a lot of the images of tourists dealing with the floodwaters are images of what I assume are Chinese tourists, if not Chinese, Asian tourists, uh, kind of thigh or waist high in water, you know, going through Venice. So it was pretty... Uh... Yeah, the the Asian tourists love Italy. Really? You remember when I, when uh, yeah. when we did the photo shoot in Cinque Terre? I mean, it was inc- incredible how many of them. It was just overwhelming. It was, uh, yeah. I would say... The ratio uh, in terms of tourists, what looked like tourists, it had to be like 20 to 1. Probably. Wow. Asians yeah. versus non-Asian. Yeah. I'm not kidding. It was a lot. So, uh, Which also is how I like to organize my pickup basketball games. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm. so there. Got it. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway. Moving on. Speaking of. You're going to turn the tables on these people and visit China. I'm going to go the other way, yeah. <laughs> I'm going here. Uh, yeah, I'm going to to the Chinese Tobacco Expo in Shenzhen. I will be uh, I will be there next week. I try, to, try to broker a trade deal while you're there. Yeah, try yeah. to see if we can, we can lower some of these tariffs. Yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah, I, I will be there. I was, uh, I was invited by the Chinese National Tobacco Company to exhibit. Cigar snob at uh, the Chinese Tobacco Expo, so I'm looking forward to it. I've never I've never been to China. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is mainland China. This is not Hong Kong, and uh, yeah, I don't I, I don't know what to expect. I don't know, but hey, they extend an invite. I'm not going to be the ungracious one that says, "Nah, get out of here. I don't want it." Suck up my finger. Yeah, so I am. Uh, I will be on my way there. Cool. On Sunday. How long of a flight is that? Oh, that's that's gonna be the rough part. It's uh, I, I'm doing uh, Miami, JFK, JFK, LAX, LAX, Shenzhen, uh, and that's uh, like a 15 hour flight. Right. That last leg. Whoa! Yeah. yeah Have you all gotten, in all, it's like 20 something hours. Have you gotten any advice from friends who have been to China about I don't know things to know, things to be aware of, things to pack? So yeah, uh, Nick Nanovichit of Ensolo, who uh, is the company that he owns, the company that makes a lot of promo goods, high-end promo goods for companies like Drew Estate and Fuente and Davidoff in different times. Uh, and so yeah, he said, take advantage of the breakfast free, at free the hotel. Wine. Free wine on board. <laughs> no, no, uh, breakfast at the hotel. He's like, why is that? In mainland China, enjoy the breakfast at the hotel because. You may not like anything else after that. No, man. And so that may be like your one solid meal of the day, and then you may just be like snacking the rest of the day. So, uh, so yeah, I thought that was interesting. He said Hong Kong food amazing. 
Uh, although right now with the protest, who knows? Uh, but in mainland China, he and you know he's a like an ex chef, right? Uh, he's not a fan apparently. Okay. Of uh, of the cuisine in Shenzhen, at least. Got it. Got it. Yeah, because it, it is like very distinct, right? From what I understand, the like region to region of yep, China. Yep. Um, in Shenzhen, uh, what is is there a lot of industry there? Is that like the main industrial area? I that? wouldn't say that it's the main no. industrial area, but it is. Uh, it's it's a very short train ride from Hong Kong, so I think I, I think it's got that advantage going forward. Got it. Right. So, but I. Uh, even the uh, the approval process for the, I'm not used to getting a visa, you know. As American citizens, we don't right. have to take uh, get a visa for for traveling to a country, and so that that was a a challenge because China apparently does not uh, allow you in the country if your passport expires within six months of your entry. Oh wow! And so my passport, of course, yeah, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's Murphy's law. Yeah, my passport expired or supposed to. Uh, five months and a couple of weeks uh, after my so uh, <clears throat> so I had to get I had to get a new passport and then ha- which I had to get anyway right um, but I had to get a new passport and then uh, apply for the visa but I was approved so apparently I am not as threatening as others think I am <laughs> <laughs> I am not threatening to your country so uh, so I'll, I'm, I'll be there I'll uh, I'll tell you guys all about it when I get back cool we uh, we had said we were gonna try. A call, right from China, so that we can do next week's podcast uh, with a call-in segment. Yeah. So, so if that works out, there will be uh, our China correspondent, <laughs> yes, Eric Galvino. And my my recommendation at the end of the show will be will be really how I'm going to make that call. Ah, so. there you go. All right. So before we go into our final ad and then our parting recommendations, let's talk a little bit about the new issue. Of Cigar Snob Magazine. Oh, yes, sir. So this new issue has a whole bunch of stuff among them. Let's start with Ivan and uh, letting people know what to expect from the uh, from the shoot with the ladies. Another beautiful shoot with the ladies. This time we had uh, another great sponsor, Espinosa uh, Cigars. We featured the Laranja Escu- Reserva Escuro. Laranja. Laranja Reserva Escuro. Escuro, which I hadn't had uh, before the shoot, and it turned out to be an awesome cigar. I know. Very surprised. And we rated it. So it great. got a pretty good rating. I got think it got like rating. a 92 when we rated it. Um, so, yeah, it turned out to be great. Shoot and cigar. So Good stuff. Yeah, the shoot. And, and so far, everyone uh, yeah. at the printer was... Super excited about yeah. this. Well, the so obviously they, they see it before are. everybody. Yeah, are. but but some shoots they like better than others. Yeah, and the cover I thought was was great. It's it's a little bit like people really liked that uh, Surgeon General warning mm-hmm. cover. It's a little bit like that minus the statement. Yeah. Uh, but visually, I think it's like just as striking a cover, which uh, you know I think a lot of people are going to dig it. Um, so what about you, Nicholas? You had some. Uh... Also in the mix, uh, we had my trip to Daytona. Which yeah, we've that's talked what I was going to say. I was trying to remember. Was... Yeah, we've talked about a, a bit about here on the podcast, so I won't go too deep into that. Also, there are, count them, one, two, three perfect pairings. My debut as a perfect pairing photographer. Uh, I took the picture for that perfect pairing. Mixed results from our art director. Yeah, well, you know, that's uh, that's how that's always going to go. Uh, <laughs> 
we went. Yeah, I, don't, I, I wasn't there for the selection process, but I'm glad that I was not a part I, of I'm that. I'm glad for you too. Please yeah. tweet us. Let us know which one was your, your favorite yeah. perfect pairing. Please uh, tweet Andy Astencio Art or Instagram, <laughs> letting him know that your favorite one was the picture of the Smokey and the Bandit cocktail. Um, so then also a uh, story about that trip to Daytona, uh, a piece on acid, the infused cigars from Drew Estate, uh, which are celebrating, that brand is celebrating its 20th anniversary. So there's a bit in there. Yep. Um, and then uh, let's see. I did the Maker's Mark, Maker's, RC6. Yeah, right. And just and we've talked a bit yeah, about that. Yeah, and we did too, talk about the that. Stave yeah. finishing uh, Maker's Mark stuff. But I got into a little bit more detail, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, uh, and, and also some history on Makers for people who didn't know. Right, it. right. Um, also a gift guide. So if you're out looking for holiday gifts. Yeah, actually, uh, I, I really like this. May be my mm-hmm. favorite gift guide uh, we've done. It had some. You know, the, I don't want to give it away, but yeah. there's some there's some cool stuff in there, including the item that I will recommend. That's right. So, uh, uh-huh. and then, yeah, a bunch of events, the Neptune's uh, anniversary party, which we, we talked a bit about on the podcast. So, this issue may be more than most. Like, if you've been listening to the podcast, you've heard a bunch of things referenced that we go into deeper detail uh, about in this issue of the magazine. So, definitely go out. Look for that issue. Or well, you can look for it in uh, in retailers. You can right. look for it at Barnes and Noble, obviously, and Walmart and things like that. But also, you can you can purchase the digital uh, version of the magazine at issue i s s u u dot com right slash cigar snob. Precisely. And uh, and it's already up there, and so you don't even have to wait to get it at home or anything. Right. Or at the cigar shop, you can start reading it now. Good stuff. All right, so a word from our episode sponsor, Drew Estate. Introducing the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro, which features a dense, plantation-grown Matafina wrapper over a Connecticut River Valley broadleaf binder with fillers from Nicaragua. Showcasing the floral and earthy Brazilian Matafina tobacco with unique texture, the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro is manufactured at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate, blended by Willy Herrera and presented in five Vitolas. It's now available at Drew Estate retailers nationwide. All right, and finally, this is where we give you our parting recommendations for things that we think you should eat, smoke, watch, read, do, consume, uh, know about, and whatever else. Ivan, what you got? So, as we had mentioned earlier, I had I cut the cord on my cable, finally. Um, I'm glad I did so. It was getting to the point where every channel I was paying for a shitload of money was being uh, turned off or or canceled in my uh, cable package. So I cut the cord and it feels awesome, you know, not being tied into this monopoly except for, you know, the actual the internet, internet, yep. the internet service. But it feels good not to have to depend on – it felt like the constant – switching back and forth from one provider to the other uh so not only that but being able to just cancel it being able to and cancel just go it. okay look you know um, we're not gonna watch this the, next the month fee, i don't have to pay it's the, whatever. so great not having to pay fees or taxes uh like i was paying before uh so I went to sling tv um which is great and one of the things that i like the most about it that i like the most that i was not expecting was to get a channel guide you know, I thought that's what I, I thought I was only going to be able to get that um, on cable. 
but Sling TV gives you a regular channel guide with the time listings and the whole nine, or you can look at it, you know, any other way, either by channel or your favorites or anything like that. So I really enjoy that feature of it. The only thing I don't like, it's now a problem for my babysitters, mainly my mom and my uh, mother-in-law, my in-laws, yeah. to come over and watch TV. So Why? Because how complicated it's ver- is it? It's to... very hard for them. You know, they're not tech savvy at all. So just getting them to log on, change channels. Now you have to go back every time you you're in something. You have to go back yeah, yeah. out a it's couple a ways. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not as as simple as it was. Or well, it's just not what they're used to. Not, not at all. Yeah, because so, once you get used to that, it's abs- just a, 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 a shift in the way you do it. But we made the switch. What I can do. Yeah. You know? <laughs> what I can do. What I can do. <laughs> um, I'm going to make my two recommendations so we can end on, on Eric's thing. Uh, the first, I'm going to be super predictable and recommend. Reason? Huh? Reason? I don't no. know. I haven't, I haven't looked. Oh, no, UFC? UFC Fight oh, Night okay. this coming uh, this Saturday the 16th at 8 p.m. Uh, it's on ESPN Plus, so again, it's a little streaming uh, callback. Uh, and the main event there is Jan Blakowicz. I don't know if I said that right. And Ronaldo Souza, they are fighting in Sao Paulo. So even though that card is not super exciting, if you like, just like the crowd is going to be losing their minds because all these Brazilians are fanatics about this sport. So there's that. And then second recommendation, uh, again, we were talking about uh, Amazon Prime Video. I watched a movie that was good enough to watch on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, it's called Absolutely Anything. It came out in 2015. Stars uh, Simon Pegg, who you may know from things like uh, Shaun of the Dead and other British comedies. Yep. Um, and it's kind of like... Uh, He's the main character in Shaun he, of the Dead? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's sort of like um, uh, Bruce Almighty, except instead of God, it's Aliens. Uh, so he can do absolutely anything, hence the name of the movie. And one of the interesting things about this is that it is the very last thing on Robin Williams' filmography. Uh, so he voices Simon Pegg's dog. Um, a little sad. Yeah. On top of that, like, feels like Robin Williams was sort of underutilized, but still. Robin he didn't Williams, know it was his last thing. Yeah, even even with the context of, like, Oh, Robin Williams could have done better here. He's pretty funny as a dog, you know. So uh, that's a thing. Uh, absolutely anything which you can watch on Amazon Prime. And so for me, this is a recommendation, even though I have not used it in the in the manner that I plan to. Right. So it's the Skyrome Solace X. It is a mobile hotspot, an LTE uh, Wi-Fi hotspot. You can connect up to ten devices uh, anywhere in the world. So you pay a daily, uh, a daily rate, and you can have like nine dollars a day for unlimited data that day, anywhere in the world. So I had read that this was the device of choice if you were going to China and wanted to stay connected. So uh, it, not only does it do the Wi-Fi hotspot, it's also a battery pack, so you can charge your devices with it, and it also has like a streaming uh, camera, which I don't. I don't, yeah. I don't think I'll be using that, but <clears throat> especially the Chinese are not thrilled about you recording willy-nilly. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, I think, uh, I, I can't wait to try out the device because I think that's how we're going to probably do our call. Yeah. Uh, and so, so yeah, Skyrome Solace X. You can get it at uh, Skyrome.com and uh, it's 180 bucks. 
but uh, but I will tell you how worth it it is. Good stuff. In about a week or so. Uh, I'm gonna throw in. This is not necessarily a recommendation, uh, but oh, you're gonna go three. So we have this recorder thing here that normally I have to swap out these batteries on like 20 times if I forget the AC adapter. The batteries that I've always had to swap out are these Energizer Max, which because they say Max on them, I assume this is getting me the Max. Mm-hmm. These regular-ass Duracell AA's have not had to be swapped this whole time. Oh, wow. So, FYI. Shout out to yeah, there's Duracell. No, there's no Max. There's no nothing. Whatever Duracell is doing, I'm Keep into it. Keep the bunny to yourself. Yes. I'm going with Duracell. Exactly. Huh. So, with that, this has been the Cigar Snob Podcast. You like that, like, gavel on my yeah, shoe right that's here? that's it. This has been it's the like Cigar Snob Podcast. Uh, <laughs> trial gavel. And that's yeah. In case anybody's wondering, we didn't talk impeachment stuff because I think all three of us are a little bit out of the loop. So maybe at some future date, this is going to be going on for a long time. So there will be plenty of time for impeachment hearing talk. Uh, but anyway, this has been the Cigar Snob Podcast. I'm Nicky Menes with Eric Calvino and Ivan Ocampo. You can find us on all the social media things at Cigar Snob Mag, uh, cigarsnobmag.com slash shop if you want to buy back issues or subscribe to the magazine or pick up a t-shirt or pick up a t-shirt the t-shirts are pretty freaking cool how many different color combinations do we have here right now it's three three which is that's that's three more than we had before yeah yeah, yeah. and we'll we'll do some more soon yeah good stuff so uh go do that uh and subscribe to this podcast share it with your friends leave us ratings and reviews tell your mom about it tell your mom about it tell your children about it uh when they turn when they turn 18 yeah uh and all that stuff all right so with that Goodbye. Later. Bye.